Take Me Out to the Ball Game, sung by Edward Meeker, Edison Records. to the Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we are going through every episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the greatest Star Trek show to finally do shenanigans right. Maybe. Uh, My name is Wade Bowen, and with me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey, guys. And Hugh Crawford. Hello. Hello. And uh, yeah, we are talking about uh, another episode that we've been talking about, talking about for a while now. This one's called, what, Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite. Yes, it is episode four of season seven. It premiered October 21st, 1998. And here is the IMDb description. A Vulcan captain challenges Cisco to a game of baseball. The end. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that's not wrong. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect description. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't argue with that. I, I guess I tipped my hand in the uh, opening there. Uh, we've been talking about, like, that. we've referred to this episode before as we've been doing the podcast. And uh, after all the shenanigans episodes that, Usually were uh, Ferengi focused that we did not necessarily like the most. We've been saying, "Well, there's this one coming up where they finally do shenanigans, well, shenanigans, <laughs> right?" And <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Tell me what you think. <laughs> Listen, I like baseball. I wouldn't want to watch professional baseball players talk about Star Trek for the length of a baseball game. (laughs) Uh Nor would I like Star Trek people to play baseball for the length of a Star Trek. Um, This is a bad episode, and they get a lot of this... I mean, it's got spirit, but still... It didn't hold up as well as I had hoped. Maybe I think that's... Yeah, it it didn't hold up as well. Uh uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. I... Okay. As I as I had hoped. Well, I I don't. Know. I mean, Rom using the glove on the wrong hand and just there's actually a, I don't know. There's a reason for that. Yeah, uh, Rom was a semi pro baseball player, huh? And they worked with him all week to make him look shitty, <laughs> and he did he 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 couldn't do it so they eventually told him to put the glove on the other hand right max gordon chick i hardly knew you yes oh that makes that's a nice segue into that piece of trivia that might be the smoothest most natural <laughs> piece of <laughs> segue business we've ever had no i yes. i did i didn't know that all right how about you james 
How's your anhedonia holding up? Did this episode bring you any joy? Oh, I I think that this episode, uh, like I, he, Hugh said it had spirit. I think this episode's a winner. Okay. I think like, you know, I think this episode, I think it's it's a it's a nice, punchy, fun episode. It's got a lot of heart. It's got a lot of spirit. It's focused on a, an emotional journey that I understand. So it does all of that. And it's fun. It deploys its premise with one of the best ways yes. any Star Trek episode ever has. Yes. Ever. Yeah, and for that it gets high marks, and it's got great character stuff too. Yeah, Odo as the umpire was a master stroke. Cisco, mm-hmm. after being a crummy boyfriend to Cassie last time we saw her, kisses up to her in an amusing, in a totally appropriate way to get what he wants. I mean, there's some good. It's. It's not. I got some thoughts about their relationship, but I'm going to save that. <laughs> yes, I think it's fine. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's well written. I think it's really well written. Yeah, me I too. I think everybody was like they were having a lot of fun. Oh man, Avery Brooks is having such a f- great time in this episode. Like, yes. and it just reads so much. Like, Avery Brooks's joy in delivering all those baseball lines and yelling at people. Like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Like, first day of practice, and it's an exciting time. I'm arrived. It was oh, just like yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. There we go, there we go. That's the spirit. As the guy that has sometimes criticizes Avery Brooks acting, which I don't think I've done recently that much, but this was some of the most fun I've had watching Avery Brooks perform mm-hmm. throughout the entire run of Deep Space Nine. All right, then, let's play some baseball. It's a shame that somebody will make the Dusty Baker story at some point and, and Avery Brooks not play Dusty Baker because he looks, I don't know what it is that he doesn't normally, but in this, with the hat on and yelling at umpires, it was, I had a lot of fun because it reminded me of Dusty, watching Dusty Baker manage. Uh, okay. I, uh, who is Dusty Baker? I mean, well, he's most famous for it, for our group text, the <laughs> manager who throws his hat in the dugout. That's Dusty Baker. Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Every time I send you that gif, <laughs> All right. it, that's Dusty Baker. Yeah. All right. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he's a, he's a he's a long-term baseball manager, so he's just a lot of fun and all really animated. And but I mean, this okay. So like, my problems with the story are are the dumb parts of the story. Uh, <laughs> and this is my favorite because you know everybody knows I like to drag on Iris Stephen Bear pretty much all the time. Here we go. Uh-huh. Iris Stephen Bear uh, used to write for a show called Fame. 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 I want to live forever. I want to that learn one, how to fly. Oh, that's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. Um, in their fourth season, they have an episode called The Old Ball Game, written by Iris Stephen Bear. Oh, man, don't ruin it for me. <laughs> that has all of these uh, this uh, very similar scenes, uh, such as the scene where Nog is unsure which player to take. Oh, my God. Although Bear says that it was a particular event was based on a real-life incident that happened to him in the Little Leagues. And in the scene involving Rom's fluke bunt at the end, which involved a woman rather than a Ferengi in the original episode. The general plot outline, character development, and burlesque tone of this episode are also very much in the spirit of a oh classic of the Bad News Bears, sure. which came out yes. around the time that he wrote that fame episode. And so I, I, they don't really say how Moore ended up writing it. But I assume that in my in, in my head canon, uh, I <laughs> sure. receive a bear hands Ronald D. Moore the old ball game script and says rewrite this for Star Trek. <laughs> Punch this up, please. I guarantee you. I mean, the best thing about this episode is how the how it's deployed yeah. with the so lock, the former nemesis so lock of the starship Tecumbra. Mm-hmm. Which is a starship that's nothing but Vulcans. It's a Vulcan. It, it's a nothing but Vulcans. That's new, is it? I've never heard of that. Well, so it was called the, the well, the first ship like that was called the USS Richard Spencer. 
Um. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Zing. You make that that would that's not true because then Richard Spencer would have to be a logical person. <laughs> Well, well you logic know. dictates that no. Um, logic doesn't care about your feelings. <laughs> that was what that, that's uh, that's what the Charles Murrays of the <laughs> right. should have went with USS Charles Murray. That's what I should have went with. Damn it! <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it is the idea of uh, all yeah or uh, all Vulcan. Yeah, it, it was yeah that that strikes me as a, a weird thing. But well, I mean, in the original series. Spock is the only Vulcan on the ship, and he's even half Vulcan, and they're all racist towards him, mm-hmm. right? So presumably there's... Just when they find out that Romulans are Vulcans. That was the right. episode where they That like, episode. But they're racist. Well, I, well, I guess Bones is racist against him. Yeah, the whole they're time. racist to Spock all the time. But, yeah, that's you know, true. Like, presumably there's ships full of Vulcans back then, and this is 100 years later, of course. There might well, be... Well, they had the Vulcan air fleet or some shit, yeah. and then later on... But by this time, surely all of the Federation is... I mean, it's called a sure. Federation ship, so I assume that they would all be integrated. But right. it is weird. That's what that's what's weird about it, too. It, it, it's that... weird that almost you have to make that almost a across the board precedent or everybody will just be ra- racist right you know, the mot the barbers will want to be on the mot the barber ships and but even <laughs> even in tng like the uss but even across the board all the ships that we've seen are predominantly I'm sorry, I'll give you a second. For the, the, uh, the the hairdresser ship is is my favorite. <laughs> is my favorite one, yes. Yeah. And the and Andorians would be on the USS uh, uh, James Cameron. Snorfs. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But all the all the ships that we see, while integrated, are all like eighty percent human. So right, unless. Like the humans are. I think that has less to do with the racism of the Federation and more to do with the racism of, P- of Paramount programming. Uh, of, yeah, probably. <laughs> I, and I get your point, but I think. Yeah. I don't think that they view it that way. But I mean, mm-hmm. there is obviously some form of diversity mandating going on in the Federation. Right. Well, um, and if you go, well, if you read the Titan series of books with uh, Peter David, uh-huh. they're all about getting less human. So there's there's like one-off ships that might it's like the Fallout series. There might be a vault with this theme to it, and there might be like one Vulcan ship with all Vulcans, and then there might be another ship that is like like the Titan is all like the most diverse with non-humanoid. Uh, mm. But that's that's the books. I'm sorry <laughs> to bring those up, but you know, like I don't know. It's weird, I guess, but it's not like. It's not mm-hmm. see like game breaking for me to have an all Vulcan ship, and you can't even make that it was like you can't even say it's a non military explorer like the Vulcan mm-hmm. carries their own sort of non military Vulcan sort of you know you have like like say you have UN peacekeeping and then just sort of you know a nation state military and and right so you might have you know a French lieutenant in one of these but not in the other but they have to make Solak have been a Starfleet captain right because of the lifelong nemesis so they can't so it has to be a federation ship yeah it can't just be a vulcan ship 
And well, so, he's a war hero too. I mean, yeah, he won yeah, the exactly. They Pike. Have to, yes, the yeah. Christopher Pike medal. Yeah, yeah he's got to have two Christopher Pikes medals. Yeah, last month was his second. Well, if yeah, Cisco has one, that guy's got to have two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that it's that it's Dick measuring is the is, yeah yeah. I like that part, but you're right with the idea of the all Vulcans and and that it, it ends up being a story about diversity they even make that joke at the end you know oh yeah yeah so it ends up being a thing about diversity but even in that makes it weird because you lost because the other team's physically more powerful stronger than you yes so that's what bugged me about this like it it ends up being like a weird message at the end because they set it up and then it ends up being a weird message by the end of it i didn't think i thought it was pretty great lateral thinking like you can't beat them at their own game you change the rules and and yeah i like that part of it but i'm saying that if you've set since you've set up a ethno state ship (laughs) since you set that up at the beginning at the end when you have the you have this beat about diversity and i get that i mean it's you know it's a good the the logic process that brought them to that scene is good but when you set up that it's a there's an ethno ship and then they beat it they beat them ten to one, and they're celebrating a moral victory. I get all of that with, with how that ties in with Cisco's arc and stuff. But it does end up inadvertently sending a message that diversity is still not as good as people who are just genetically physically superior. And, I mean, and so it is a weird message. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I agree with you on that. Just because it's just by the rules of the universe, they're faster and they're stronger. It's going to be hard to beat them. Wait, that's what you know, I mean. That's, what, that's, what, Charles, that's what Charles Murray says. Though. Look, I'm not. I'm sorry, but in the uh, made-up universe of Star Trek, the Vulcans are three times stronger and faster. But do you say what I'm saying? Once you've set that up, once you've established that in the first scene, the tone <laughs> at the end becomes very weird because I don't, I don't to know. defend it, you have to deploy a very weird thing to say. I don't, I mean, if they were all humans, I would agree with you, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. So you can have, so you're saying that through uh, evolution and a difference of environment, gen- genes have developed to where uh, Vulcans are so genetically superior to humans. How would that be different than someone that was... Because <laughs> they're fucking aliens, man. Genetically uh, environment. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm saying <laughs> these are the games you play when you play with these things. I, I know, but I still, they're, they're aliens. They have to be, I don't know, man. Yeah, and they're physically uh, superior. Then a bunch of but then a bunch of frog people and pink humans. That, that's and, and it's and, and it's a definitive objective fact that they're physically superior. So then why yeah so, uh, why does Star, Starfleet uh, fill their ships with uh, like inferior pieces of they're, shit? They're not. Why in, they all just? Why don't they all look? Look, I'm sure they're good at. Thi- I mean, I'm sure they're good at <laughs> they're, other things, but not being soldiers because Vulcans are stronger and faster. Well, they're they're not, and smarter. No, no. The only it's only definitive that. In a given situation, they will beat you at baseball. I'm not talking about war or anything else. There's no proof that they're better at anything else other than winning a baseball game. <laughs> and I wrestling. Like, uh, and wrestling. And wrestling. Well, and phys- feats of strength. Yeah. <laughs> like, like war? Uh, fe- like warfare? 
No, not like warfare where you can shoot guns and stuff and tactical decisions and and different. So so technology so, has balanced the the the, the races, not diversity. Well, not just technology. So like, you're not strong. Think, you're not stronger by diversity. You're stronger. But in fact, no, the Vulcans. No, in fact, no. the Vulcans. If they had started interbreeding with other people and all of that stuff, even like Spock <laughs> nope. is a testament. Nope. Spock is a half the strength <laughs> nope. of someone that's a Vulcan. So I mean, it's it, not. It's it not would, the physical it does, strength. Diversity does weaken the Vulcans. No. Nope. <laughs> Why are you, you see how these? these you see how these arguments are minefields if you set it up at the beginning no because you <laughs> won't let me talk about you won't let me finish you won't let me get my part of the argument in as i stutter and take 10 minutes to talk about it for battle though like the logic might fail a vulcan where humans we've proven in this that humans can best the vulcans because they aren't as related. different i mean we're we're we're, di- we're differently right. able well infinite diversity and infinite combination that's the way yeah so in some certain fields maybe they're good and then in other fields they're they're not so why yes, but there's don't make me do it so i mean if <laughs> but if, don't... if 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 a, if a mott the barber wanted to become a mathematician i mean why would the federation help him out to become something that he's going to be genetically inferior to than a Vulcan. Look, look, the, the, there's no... We only know that Vulcans are better at math, not anybody else. That's what I'm saying. It, look, man, so it's... why a, wouldn't the Federation just only promote... I mean, do you want people bad at math? Why wouldn't you hire the best mathematicians for it? Uh, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't want the Vulcans cutting hair. We've seen all they're capable yeah, of. There you go. They did do a weird thing with these, uh, with the Vulcan, because they, they have, you know, they try to show, just like uh, with Tuvok, they try to show some ethnic diversity amongst the Vulcans uh, with the players. Oh, I did appreciate that. In the, and they, yeah, yeah. they give them, I guess, you know, hair that would, you know, that would correspond to the ethnicity that they're sort of, you know, sort of human ethnicity. Yeah. And it's very strange because it makes for some strange Vulcan, because I'm used to just that, like, fake, like, black, shiny hair. Right. Well, I mean. For, for Vulcans, but they had a little bit different. Well, uh, like there was a Pete Rose look out there. Yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. I think there was a Mo Howard look. So. And there was a. Name of Asian baseball player, look out there. Uh, I don't know baseball, <laughs> don't, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. but there, but yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. but it's, it's just a fa- what, what I will say. Oh my god, are we going back to this? I am because <laughs> I never was able to get my point out. <laughs> just this Deep Space Nine as a different sort of Star Trek because through the original series and TNG. The Vulcans were the moral, that was the ideal to strive for. Like, the logic will save us. And DS9, and this episode in particular, supposes, like, like when Solak comes in, even at first, when he's like, oh, you thought that emotionalism was not a weakness like I do because I'm a Vulcan and emotion. They call out Cisco for being a different kind of Starfleet captain than the rest of them that we, we've known, that, who is overly emotional, and that's his strength. And that's what this episode sells, as opposed to like the Vulcans. I know Enterprise maybe does different things with the Vulcans too, but I haven't really watched it. But this sells in a way that previous Star Treks haven't quite sold so hard that the Vulcans are dicks and they're a bit racist and they're not the guys to strive for. Our emotional, not humans, but humans and emo- other emotional species are the heroes here, not. These logical but Vulcans. All that being said, isn't it weird that 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 they win? No, because they win on their own terms. And I still like the I like the way that they I like the twist at the end that they they win, but it doesn't really count for as much. But it, I mean, but it it does count. They were physically better. But that's just a rule of the universe. 
you can't say that Star Trek is racist because it decided that the Klingon, that the Vulcans are three times stronger than humans. There are different species that happens to be three times stronger and faster. That's just a objective fact of the universe yeah, about these so, aliens. Mm-hmm. Don't so, you think it's weird that they won, though? I guess as far for no, a, because, a story about about strength through diversity for the diverse team to lose. No, but they won. But get them more. But get them. Okay. They yes. won on their terms, but there are their terms aren't the victory of the episode. They won by the rules of who scored the most points, but that's not the important thing. That's the whole point of the episode, that baseball and sports and winning isn't the biggest uh, I thing. I get that the point of, okay, I get that the point of, yes, I'm just saying that it makes, it's, it's... I like how a bunch of people who don't, who make TV shows who don't play sports all of a sudden are telling us what the point of a sport is. I guess I that's... Did, well, I mean, I that, didn't mean... that. That's kind of, that's kind of amusing to me. Sure, but, I mean, Ronald D. Moore loves baseball, right? We know... That's a thing, I think, right? Behind the scenes, people talk about. No, uh, I mean, I don't know. That y'all, that that yeah, that y'all are that y'all don't like the conceit of how they win. It's weird. I'm making us okay. I'm making a minor point here. <laughs> or I was making. I started off making a minor point to piggyback off of Hughes' point is that once you've made the commitment to have a non-diverse federation ship, to have an ethno ship, uh-huh. once you've made that decision. And then, but we don't know why. I don't even know why. Like, I don't know why they have to be all Vulcans either. Because they need to set up that the emotional, <sighs> our friends, space friends, are against the logical Vulcans. Okay, but that could be okay. But okay, okay, but that can be Salak versus uh, Avery it's, Brooks. That's you have that already because everything that you're talking about is about how Avery Brooks bested. The way Salak has, has sort of <laughs> Salak has pro, uh, pro has propped up himself by comparing himself to to Cisco for for twenty years or whatever, however long, he's, and that, well, he's, that is about how Cisco unveils that. But regardless of that, you have I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that you have a show that sets up an ethno ship that the Federation would allow one, and once it plays, then you a have a successful one. You have You're way yes. too hung up on the ethno ship, like the Charles Murray. Well, it's a all. key part of yeah, but it's not we that were, big. Okay, it's a okay, key okay, part okay, of okay this but episode. can I get the whole like the idea out? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to can. pack it out because you're trying to say that well, it wasn't intended or something, and I'm just like saying that it. But this is no, I'm saying you're all are hung up on it too much. I'm not. <laughs> but finish, they're finish the it main off. bad guys of this episode, and they win. They don't though. The episode is all about how they lose, and they win because they they do because he because I'm, my point is is that when you're a story about how you're stronger through diversity, you have to be both metaphorically and actually physically stronger through diversity. <laughs> because if you're not, no. if you're physically weaker through diversity, That's... then diversity fucking sucks and is a bad thing. And y'all, man, this is not how I expected this episode to go, but this is like, it's the weirdest. It's not, they didn't win. That's what makes a good podcast, right? I guess so. Did you, did you think you, are you walking off your own podcast? This is, did you not read the fine print? This, this, I feel like we're arguing about the Viet Cong again, except this time I feel. Yeah, but I was fucking right on Well, this time, just let, let me, let me finish, let me finish. This time, I feel more justified in that I'm right this time than I did back then. Because this I is. I guess my, my point is, is, does the show not say. That if you have a stronger race of people and you keep them, you keep them 
perfectly like I you know you you keep them ethnically pure they will just be physically dominant to to people who've to to a more diverse opponent they just will they will win because that was what he said Cisco said because he said I gave up 10 runs dad and he goes they were Vulcans they're better than us (laughs) at baseball at sports they're physically the fact that Vulcans are Mm -hmm. physically stronger and therefore win at sports is not like a travesty of what Star Trek is all about. It's they pick this conceit to say, to set up that the emotional human has a conflict with the hard logic Vulcans, and therefore they decided to have a baseball team of emotional uh, bad news bears versus the robotic logicians, which is the name of the team. And you might not win on the logical terms, of like who scores the most points, but you will win on your own terms of what is worthwhile and what is great about emotionalism and humanity and human life. Here's species. my thing: is I feel like you would be getting our point if we weren't talking about Star Trek. No, if we I feel like if we were talking about another show, you would get our point on this. Right? If we were talking about a show about like fame, how about fame? How about what happened? What happened like, in that episode? If we of fame? were talking about a if we were talking about a show about apartheid in South Africa, where no, okay, here we go, like here races, we go, okay, okay. What if a but they're aliens? They need to what be if different. And people, it's what, if, what if a white person, uh, a white uh, pitcher, went to his dad manager no. and said, and his dad manager said, "You pitch well. They're playing a black no, team." No, that's the that's the thing. And, uh, they're not racist. And they, they're and different they, aliens. And the, they're and different the, and the, and the, he goes to the white pitcher and he goes, "He goes, you did good today." And he goes, "Dad, I gave up ten runs." And he goes, "But they're black guys. They're better at baseball than us." That would strike your ear as weird. The, but the, my, my whole point is that ra- human races are not... Can we use any the, of this The point is that this these are not humans versus humans. They're humans versus aliens, and it's a fact of the universe that Vulcans are three times stronger and much faster than humans. Therefore, they will win at physical competitions and like sports right. and stuff. It's not so a why, crazy what is the strength of the federation? Or Charles Murray is So why does it why doesn't why doesn't if the Vulcans are better at humans in almost every capacity except for then except for moral victories. They suck at moral victories. No, I'm um, no, the only you, why isn't the federation just all Vulcans? Quit trying to say that they're better at everything. I'm only talking about baseball and sports. I'm talking about baseball and not talking about Vulcans being better at anything other than just winning at baseball. All right. Let's Let's keep it at baseball for your sake. Then at the commercial break, when Cisco's like, we're going to beat the Vulcans. <laughs> that was the point. He wasn't, he didn't say at the commercial break, I want to get a moral victory against the Vulcans. So that's why I guess that's what seemed a little flat for me well, he's, at the end he's, of it. He's the little guy going up against the impossible wall. And he never stood a chance at beating the Vulcans, like because of what is established about the universe, about these two species. And he really wants to win, but then when he realizes what's important in life, it's like a, it's a thing. And that would, did not sell me as cheap in any so, way. Okay, so let me ask, let me ask your, let me ask you, let me, let me ask you just how would you answer? You're arguing with uh, an ethno-nationalist. Not, it's not about the ethno-nationalist. They're familiar with your podcast. I'm saying you're arguing with an ethno-nationalist, and they're familiar with your podcast and your opinions. And they say that you held a standard that alien races are differentiated physically, They're... mentally, and things like that. And that that's just the rule of the universe. And then that ethno-nationalist would say, well, why don't you have the same opinion about human race? 
because facts are facts and they don't care about your feelings and humans and aliens there's a broader definition in the fictional facts of the Star Trek universe than there are between races of humans so it's a it's a it's a it's a number of complications so it's a completely apples and oranges situation and it's racist to say that the same thing it's a number of complications no i'm saying that it's racist to say that it blacks people why if it's true what, what does it matter if it's racist if it's, it's not if it's true a fact. that's my point it's if definitively it's a fact, not it's a fact that it's a fact that africans raised in the sub-saharan conflict have faster not, quick twitch because, muscles and have strong longer leg qu- strides than than white because people. that's all bullshit and made up shit you know that you've had hour-long youtube videos talking about i know that. and I, I, but also, why, why do but I have the, to... But you can't argue with the, the facts of a made-up universe that is definitive that at Vulcans are three times stronger. So why is racism allowed in Star Trek? Why is racism allowed in Star Trek and not allowed in real life? Because it's not allowed. It's just a difference. Aliens need to be alien. They're not people. Vulcans are three times stronger than humans. It's a fact. <laughs> if it makes me a Charles Murray or Richard Spencer to say that... Fine, but I, I'm pretty safe in saying that it's not racist for me to say that Vulcans are three times stronger than people. <laughs> and this is a weird hang-up. So but okay, so if I, I it, guess I didn't buy, I didn't buy the moral victory aspect at the end so of the is, episode. So is Spock, a, is Spock, is, is Spock one and a half times the strength of a human? I don't know, but it's been proven that Spock is. So if he is, if, if is Spock is one and a half stronger than a human, if, if it's the fact also of the Star Trek universe. If Spock is one half, then he is physically weakened by diversity. I have no idea how much weaker Spock is to other Vulcans. As far as I know, is it possible that he's stronger? I think it's probably not, right? I think it's not said. I think it's just accepted that Spock is as strong as other Vulcans, because everything else about Spock is just, he's 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 the same as other Vulcans, except he has a human thing, and then later Vulcan, later Spock, they play up, he's a man torn between two worlds or whatever, but the original scary, TOS Spock was just a Vulcan, and he was like the Vulcans in every aspect, of he, except that he had a human mom. <laughs> I mean, but that's, that's just how they played it. But, yeah, <laughs> it's just a fact of Star Trek that Vulcans are stronger. <laughs> And faster. And this episode says, okay, that's fine. And then they play it out to a logical uh, conclusion, which was a diverse group will always lose to Vulcans. But they, except for morally. But they don't. Well, that's what's beautiful about this episode is that it shows how, yeah, man, I don't know. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, it wasn't crazy. I mean, this episode, the moral victory stuff at the end didn't feel as genuine as. The, the the desire that the build, Cisco had yeah. at the beginning to win to to actually win. I mean, not because he, when he was trying to pump everybody up, he wasn't trying to pump them up for a moral victory. Yeah, he wanted he wanted to win. I mean, but that's the whole arc of his whole like thing. I like about this episode: Cisco goes through a journey to where he's like he's so keyed in on winning, and then. He learns what it's all about. I guess we live in an age where where we have a lot of moral victories and they don't amount to much. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't sit well with me. So lock canceled. Hashtag so lock canceled. Is that what? So lock canceled. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because so lock knows it because it's not a battle of who can win it at baseball or who can score the most points. Like so lock wants to 
psychological victory over Cisco. I get I get what you're saying there. And when he doesn't get that, Cisco wins. But I mean, I get what that is, but that could have just been between those two and the racial component be struck from it. But they really leaned into the racial component, which puts you into the realm of making your podcast uh, like full of these sort <laughs> of ra- So I mean, it's right. a sticky wicket. If it was just Solok, if it was versus his team and that he's whipped up his, you know, his 10 whatever people on his team to make a baseball game out of some sort of bizarre, not Valjean, what's the other one? Javert-esque uh, thing to just constantly own Cisco. And he makes his team get really good at baseball and they come out and they fight this team, Cisco's team that is also diverse because it's the Federation. And then they fight and then it then that storyline that the Javert versus Valjean of of uh, Cisco and Solok would be oh more interesting. I, I did but like take I think a Cheers ha- episode. I think this is Gary's ta- bar and tavern yes. versus yeah, Cheers. Technically it's a fame episode, but yes. <laughs> but you know, Solok having a diverse team would ruin the episode because the whole point is human <clears throat> emotionalism versus Vulcan logic. That's like the whole conceit. You know what I could deal with though, Wade? I could deal with Solok being the captain of a Federation ship, but you can't have. Him- I could deal with could deal with the ship being just a regular Federation ship. They beam down the baseball team to the holodeck. They're all fucking Vulcans, and O'Brien said they must have pulled every fucking Vulcan from every corner of that ship to build that team. Mm-hmm. That I could have dealt with. But they have my, so, so my problem is the in-universe problem that you can't the the idea of an all Vulcan ship just breaks the verisimilitude of what you believe about the Federation so much that that kills the episode for you. Is that's what I'm getting, and that uh, it's that there no, seems a lot like of a different sp- things kill the episode for me. <laughs> because that, that, well, that's the point y'all have been making from the from the start about it, and it's like it's just well, it's because we don't have eight hours to talk about it. I can only choose one point to continue on. So yeah, right. that's one of the things. Yeah, I mean, okay, I, yeah, I mean, I said last podcast that I think y'all have higher standards, and you you obviously do, but it's like it's a, it feels reaching to me because this is a beloved episode. But but it's yeah. crazy to me that that like out of all the world building stuff. That we've talked about and all the nerd, nerd corner stuff that you would be gulled by the fact that we we take exception with an all <laughs> Vulcan ship. Well, I mean, I could see it being like a like a like, oh, that's weird. But to have it like be a, a deal breaker for you is crazy. It's the too. point of the show, though. It's, it's not. A weird... There's different kites, types of ships and different crews. No, you just There's... argued that it was the it's point the of the point... show that they're all Vulcans. It's the... Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. no, I mean, no, that the, the fact that. Starfleet has different kinds of ship, like, for instance, one that has all Vulcans and one that might have a different ratio of uh, species on it. Yes, is a ratio of all and then nothing of the other species. Well, that's like one ship out of the whole thing. Like, and it's like, it's not, I, I mean, it's fine. Like, again, it's it's fine to be like, oh, that's odd. But to have it be a total deal breaker is weird because Star Trek just picks the things that they want to deal with the episodes. And I don't know. It's, it's weird to me that this is where we spent 20 more or more minutes. And this is what's stopping the conversation about this episode. Cause it feels well, like a, a whole lot more to talk about. I mean, mostly if it's run in the mill underdog bullshit, Oh, there's so much to talk about though. I that feel we've like. seen that we've seen a hundred times. And I mean, before. I mean, I mean, we do have our, uh, our old uh, fame podcast uh, that we <laughs> <Right>. fame. <laughs> Yes, 
The I'm gonna live forever hour. Yes. I feel like there's so much to talk about this because this episode is so well constructed. I mean, it's a, it's a basic shenanigans episode, which I, I'm I'm guessing that y'all just don't like when we get to those. But it's it's so well. I think this is the best shenanigans episode. I agree, and it's like it's a well done episode in every aspect. And there's there's weird things about it that I could talk about. Well, like the nature of about Cassidy and Cisco's relationship is un, what I like about this episode is there it sets up that they just lie to each other and it ends up being okay. <laughs> what, what 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 are they lie to each other about? Well, like oh, that she lied to the yeah yeah. It was nice because like first off he's like well Bashir gets his his rotator cuff fucked up, which is a thing that he usually does rafting that they don't mention, but. So he's and they need a third baseman or whatever. And Cisco's like, Oh, I think I can, I think I can arrange something. And so he greets her at, at the loading dock and she comes in and she's like, Oh, uh, oh, oh, I'm going to be around for a while, hubba hubba. And he's like, Oh, uh, you think you're going to have some free time? He's like, Oh, yeah. Um, um, as a matter of fact, my next three cargo runs have been reassigned. Really? And he, it's obvious. To me, that Cisco did that. It pulled some strings, mm-hmm. but he never owns up to it. He just says, "Oh, that's nice." Huh? Bureaucrats who knows why they do anything. I feel like there could have been a scene where she's like mad at him because she's like, "Oh, we're gonna spend all this alone time together, huh?" It's like, and he's like, "Actually, no, I want to play baseball." But she actually loves baseball, so she's game for it. Like they didn't have, and mm-hmm. and he lied to her about pulling the strings to get her cut off her, from her last three jobs. Where she, there could have been scenes like, "Wait, no, you did this and you didn't tell me about it," and. There's none of that, and there's no uh, confirmation that he owns up to him being the one that pulled the strings. He's just like, oh, that's interesting. And then they go on, and it's like, oh, that's fine. And then later on, they have the scene where he explains like his issues with Solok go all the way back to their time at the academy when he was out drinking at an off-campus bar called the Launching Pad, and he was having a bunch of drinks with his friends, like when Picard got his heart stabbed out or whatever, but... Nothing that awful happened, but he's having drinks with his friends and these Sulak and these Vulcans come in and they're doing like a research paper on the illogical human bonding rituals. And they're talking about how humans are naturally inferior to Vulcans and humans, another emotionally handicapped species they'd have to throw out. And so we set up the conceit that Solok is a, uh, you know, bell curve enthusiast for the space species. So... It makes sense to me later on that we know it's set up that he's a racist since high school, that he's also somehow finagled to have an all Vulcan ship, which the the idea of an all Vulcan ship it doesn't totally blow my mind with what I know about other Star Trek ships and diversity, even in the diversity or whatever. But anyways, I'm rambling now. But then that my whole point was she he lied to her about getting her onto the ship for two weeks. And then she lies. Like he tells her this whole story, a convoluted backstory. And he's like, whatever you do, you cannot tell the team the backstory of this. And he's very serious about it. Like you have to promise. You can't tell them either. I want you to promise me. All right. And she says, I promise. I promise. And then she immediately breaks the promise. He made me promise not to tell you. So you'll have to keep this under your hands. But they're, on board for it because they were already mad at him for kicking Rom off the team. But it's an interesting, like, she breaks a promise directly, like, and blatantly, and the episode doesn't sell that as, like, a betrayal at all, which 
I appreciate actually in their relationship. Like, no, this is going to be, I know it's better for you. These people need to hear this. And she tells them that. And that's, mm-hmm. that's an interesting play for this episode as well. Yeah. I think that was when, it, when I was talking about that, it was a well-written episode. It's one of the things that I was sort of talking about is that that's those ways that more who's clearly the MVP of this writing staff at, at this point. Oh yeah. Is that more seems to inject these concepts of uh, these characters things where you learn a little bit about Cisco and 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 Cassidy you learn a little bit of these things because he knows how to write the characters with punch and emotion and all of those sorts of things and I, I sort of like that this is a sort of a showcase for that to where you know you do have an episode that foundationally has these issues but that it, it becomes you know that it, it it moves on its sort of the character interactions right and that I really like, yeah, I really like, and the whole, the, sort of the ROM story part of it, I, I, you know, and I like that. I mean, I, I think that that all had a lot more heart than it could have if it was written by a lesser writer. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Cause I, I would have liked if, if they actually won the game through like Guile. Mm-hmm. See, I, I'm so like, if they had won the game, it would have been a lesser episode for me. I don't think they should have won the game. That defeats the whole point for me. But I guess I don't put that much stock in the point. I, they, like I say, moral victories are not real victories. It's not just a moral victory. It's like, it's not just like we feel better now, but it's like they get, that's the, that was, you couldn't beat Solok on his own terms. I mean, his terms were not winning the points. His terms were showing his superiority, the Vulcan and logic and our strength and how we are superior to humans. And when it didn't matter to Cisco, that's where the victory is. Like, and, so yeah, it's not about winning. I just and don't think it's as interesting. I think that's way more. <laughs> so wait, but, but but then why did they celebrate? Why did they celebrate the one run? Because to show how happy they were. Yeah, because Rom is the one. It's that, illogical to celebrate one run. That's right. the whole point. And they realize yeah, the whole. I would like. I would like it a little more than that. But I, the I get whole team. That, yeah. I get it. I mean, I just don't. Mm-hmm. When they kicked off, like there's a whole scene before, like. Uh, and they're in batting practice and practice, and and Rom really sucks. So Cisco kicks him off the team, and then everybody else on the team, they they have a whole scene in there where like, they're like, this is this is fucked up, Rom. Like we are all gonna quit unless Cisco puts you back on the team. And then Rom, being the good guy that he is, is like, no, you can't quit. I'm so invested in this, and I want to watch from the sidelines, even if I can't play. I just love you guys so much, and I want you, I have to watch, and so like. So they're invested in Rom and they're invested in each other. Like, if they didn't have that scene, it wouldn't have made sense how they celebrate at the end. But like when Cisco has a change of mind and says, "Put Rom in," they're immediately nobody questions that because they know they know what it means to you know play the game and what they're in it for, and they recognize the situation. So it seems to me that the the difference is and i'm I, from my understanding of the what the, your two different viewpoints of it and i'm just going to sort of like one of the ways is that that Hugh views it as strength beat weakness is a strength was maybe like the point and that's what he's sort of like sort of rebelling at but like you're saying that like strength or weakness is not even the point but it is the point like that's the problem is like in a war show or in any sort of show but but that you have to that that winning is a real thing and overpowering stronger forces 
physically or mentally or however you have to do it, that overpowering that is strength, is, is, is a definite good, and losing those, no matter what the nature, is a definite bad. But the nature and is so, where it comes in. And like, so, this is sports. This isn't the war. As much as Worf yells death to the opposition, this is a different battle than the war. So wait, so you're, okay, so it seems that you're only getting a meaning from the episode if you put it in a very small container. That it's that this story is. I feel like God's putting it. This no, that, in that you're that you're saying that the story the the point of the story is is that yeah some people are stronger at sports but the sports isn't everything. No, it's. But I think that I think that me and Hugh are view, viewing that meaning as much more universal. That that sports and are therefore it. collapses under the weight of universality. Y- y'all, your point is that sports are everything and winning is what matters. That's what it sounds winning like. Winning is what matters over losing. Yes, but. That's yeah. See, no, I mean, I yes. don't. When you set out to win, as but my no, point. but I don't. Well, I mean, I just, I don't. You believe in I strength the, or I losing? I don't believe that. I get winning what they're is trying to say with their show. Baseball but game. I, of, see, see, so, so you're so you're taking it out of universality. You're moving no, well, it back to just about takes sports. It out. This is. This episode isn't about winning the war, and if we're happy at the end of the okay, so if, that's my point. This, that's this, my point. This, this is that this you read is about the, the okay, joy stop of yelling. Baseball. I'm saying that that's my point. Is that you view it as this very if it's a story about sports isn't everything. This story. This is a story about the joy of the game, not the winning or losing a battle. Okay, but I think that Hugh and I tend to want to make. The, the, a theme that comes out of an episode should have some degree of universality to it to, in order to be satisfying or to be worth the telling. Just because winning the baseball game is not equivalent to winning a war doesn't mean this this is I'm lacking. I'm not saying a war. I'm saying winning things. A winning a battle. Yeah. Well, but Cisco I does guess win. If, if, this is a, if this is an episode about how you shouldn't let people live in your head rent-free, mm-hmm. then maybe there's a better way to tell that theme or that moral, I, then... I think that then, is supposed I, to be the meaning of the episode. That's how I, I view I think, it. Yeah, I, I understand what I saw on the screen. Right. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I, I disagree with y'all but that it's a failure, because I think it's a pretty great uh, way of telling that story. So do you think that people saw this episode and then like made a conscious effort in their lives to like not let people live in their head rent free. I don't know what people did with their lives after watching you know, this episode. You know I know that asking. I watched this episode and said was happy with the way that it ended and the fact that that he didn't win the game seemed like a better ending. Right. And I guess that with Star Trek you get an idea, you get an idea of how these epi- these stories can affect somebody's lives to a certain degree some of them i mean i'm not saying all 500 or whatever star trek episodes but sure i i could see how this could affect somebody's life with uh, like what you said about so can't you have the rent free can't and let's go back to the point that i've always been making can't you have the rent free story without having to bring in the diversity not strong thing don't see that. And so y'all, the main thing, it seems like y'all think that they, it's not as successful a story because they did not win the game and they didn't beat the Vulcans at the or end. Be, or no, that they it made it about diversity too. They, or they, they didn't be, make yeah, it about diversity. They, they made it. They all, have they an ethno ship. They made it. It's about emotion. Right. And there's a line at the end where I don't like you humans. Well, what are you looking at? I'm a frog person and I'm a Bajoran. Yeah, it's, not about, and, it's not about diversity. It's about emotionalism versus logic. That's I what it's about. I thought it's about diversity. The, I didn't see 
forget about emotions. Just because the the lot the Vulcans are represent hard logic, and then they're the humans, and then they have to say, and also the uh, emotional non-humans. But what did the logic come? What, what did the logic come from? The Vulcans. What everything. The what were they doing? They were playing baseball. What was that inherently logical? In fact, they were playing baseball kind of rough. They were playing it like uh, they were, you know, they like were emotionally. Playing, no, they they weren't. They were playing. They were doing hard slides and stuff. That's what you would think they, about a gritty team. Is what you what, would call that. They were playing the hard slides and everything was them playing to win and not thinking about sportsmanship. They even say that in the episode. They oh, say, oh, that oh yeah, that, that, I'm, they, I'm, I, I don't know. They I'm, say that wasn't very sportsmanlike. Bill Belichick with sportsmanship. I don't know. Well, that's what I'm sorry, but that's what the episode was because it's a nice. See, I don't know, think but, it was about that at all. It was totally about y'all are crazy if you don't think this episode was about logic versus emotionalism, and that's what the Vulcans represent in Starfleet. What was logic? Well, how did they deploy logic against our the Deep Space Niners? They kept saying, "Oh, Solok's whole thing is like they deployed racism against them." I get that, but not no, logic. Let me talk about what the, their whole thing is like. Oh, I don't really care about this. I'm just here to prove that we're superior logically. That's and racism. The, but what was the logic? Well, yeah, but the logic was that we are definitively stronger and not emotional, and that will have us win this victory. And then they changed, and that's what. And then they did. But then they did. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, but he also <laughs> needed it to be because he needed to get one up on Cisco. And when Cisco realizes so, that's what it is and that he's just going to have fun playing the game, he beats Solok at the game that he really is playing is that I can have this superiority over my logic and my uh, objective. I'm better than you. And and Cisco's like, oh, what? You know, I knew that I can't ever, I can't be three times stronger than myself. But you know what? I can also not let you live in my head like you have been. And, oh, shit. And then they have the whole scene at the end. Oh, that looks like a little bit of irritation there. And the whole gang gangs up on Solok. And he's like, oh, no, I don't care. And and then they win. That's like what the episode does. And I think it does it masterfully. So they win because they, it's just because, I, I don't know. It does seem like that we got, they, Solok got so owned on Twitter. Like, you know, like a hashtag Solok canceled. And I, I don't, I don't know. That's. I don't know. I would have liked it. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, y'all are, I mean. There's a lot of ways to deploy this, but like things got, things got gunky uh, that, that made it just weird. Um, I totally, I totally disagree. And, <laughs> but I mean, y'all are, I don't, yeah. So according to Memory Alpha, there's, this is really the only ethno ship. <laughs> yeah. There's the USS Hera. Uh, and there's the USS Intrepid, which have a complement of mostly Vulcans, but they're not fully Vulcans. In fact, the USS Hera, its captain is Captain LaForge, Sylvia LaForge. Jordy LaForge's mother is a captain of the Hera. And Spock was the captain of the Intrepid. Right. And whenever he stepped down, he suggested that Uhura get that job. Yeah, y'all are so hung up on the this ethnostate ship. Having one ship... Of all Vulcans does not violate Idik. It's like okay, well, we have all these other diverse ships, and we have this one ship. It doesn't stand violate out. what? But infinite diversity and infinite combination. Oh, 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 but, yeah. Because my my problem with it was a canon problem. Well, no, you're just that's. <laughs> I'm talking. It's infinite diversity. That's what I'm talking about. You're saying that it's. I'm talking about diversity, which is the, the thing that you kept coming back at me on. And I'm saying that it does. It is by definition defies diversity. No, but just you said all these other diver- it's 
Yeah. It's one ship out of the whole. If it's one ship, like he said on Memory Alpha says, one ship out of the whole Starfleet, then it's like it's just like we're gonna have this one ship to see how one ship of all Vulcans does, and then you know they have their own strengths that so way. So how many how many how many ethno ships is it until it's a problem? Well, I don't know. Apparently, what he just said was this was the only one, which it doesn't seem like a big problem to me. I mean, if you had them all, if it went all Richard Spencer and says everybody should have their own, we shouldn't like intermingled and but isn't that the point of having a pilot program what if they are better well they're not they might be better at baseball i'm sorry you, but uh, this, did you look at their did you look at their did you look at their performance reviews they, i don't they're, know like they're doing pretty well he's got two medals christopher pike medals of honor but it's it's just a conceit they figured they thought up for this episode it's not it's not game breaking for this episode that it's there i just yeah i mean it, it does come to uh all of our, yeah, yeah, it comes down to all of our fights. Which this part bothers you, and it doesn't bother me, right? But this is like it, it comes down to our fights that it feels like there's a this one minor detail that they're just might maybe that's how I watch that, shows. I know, but it's just like no show doesn't have a minor detail that you could pick apart if that's the thing that bothers you the most. It's like sometimes it's plot armor, and you're just like, well, okay, I don't like that, but I see what the episode is in total is doing. No, no fictional world is complete. I mean, they all have issues with. Them. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and you just have to. And we, just, we, we, and we a have a podcast stuff. where we kind of poke at those. I know, but this it's picking the one thing to take it apart. Where like structurally and story wise, it holds up pretty well. Well, I think I think we talked about it so much, so so we can make it like you. We can come to an understanding about how you know what you were fine with and what we weren't fine with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was more... I yeah, think we, it was... It was the, we talk about it a lot because we're trying to... I, I, we're trying to be... I mean, all of us are trying to be heard. No, yeah. I mean, this has been an interesting discussion. It's just it's just weird because, I mean, I don't know. I Like, this is this is a good episode. It's a good writing job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I feel like it was hobbled by mandates. And I think it has a problem. And that that's hard to... That, that was the most interesting thing. That was a problem most interesting for me to talk about. Okay. So... We didn't talk about the, uh, the scotch-flavored gum <laughs> that O'Brien... Oh, yeah, I'm chewing gum. It's like, what's it flavored, infused with scotch? <laughs> Just little details. I'm going to... I don't know what a zygomatic bone is, but I'm not a doctor. Worf broke that. Anyways, these are just little little details that are written down, but that's not a big deal. <laughs> the more interesting thing was, well, I mean, I thought the story, having them lose and then also win at the end, is one of my, the things I like to see, victories and defeat and flipping the tables is a thing I like in my stories. And this episode did it pretty well, and I like that about it. The fact that they didn't win. It would have been cool to flip the tables if they'd won. <laughs> they, that wouldn't have been flipping the tables. That would have just been winning on Solok's terms, and they didn't. They won on Cisco's and the rest of the team's terms, and which are lateral thinking than what the standard is, which is what I like in stories. But What is the... Va- uh, yeah, okay. One of the things before we, before we leave, uh, Jake was wearing an Atlanta Braves cap because, holy shit, I didn't know this, Ciroc Lofton's uncle... Is Kenny Lofton? Oh shit! No fucking way! Yep. Why didn't we talk about that for forty five minutes? I don't know. All right. <laughs> Did you notice that the uh, the large headed aliens had black hats, while the people with regular human framed heads had blue ones? I did not. That's a weird. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the Ferengis and Worf. If you look at their diners hats, they're black. Did and some? Like, oh. Did some? I bet some costumer got yelled the fuck out. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. I think they like we can't fit any of these hats. Like shit, what do we got to put the thing on? No, we only we got these black ones. Yeah, one day to do it with the fabric didn't match or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was uh consciously made because they knew they would have be counter programmed against the World Series. Oh. The nineteen ninety eight World Series, which Yeah, was, the uh, October ba- yeah, October yeah. baseball. Yeah. That is the Padres and Yankees, right? Yeah, that was the first Yankees. Wasn't it the first Yankees? Big, big deal. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, that first one of the 90s, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another, yeah. The Jeter, the Jeter era. Uh, yeah. Did y'all notice Emini do a backflip? I mean, not him. Esri relate to Emini Dax and do a backflip off the back wall and turn into a man and gain like 30 pounds? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they could pay off their fancy Dan. Right, uh, and they pay yeah. off. I like the, a lot of. There's a lot of stuff that paid off later. Like the they talk about what is a bunt. We don't know what a bunt is, and then he bunts at the end. The, this episode masterfully, just because story construction wise, puts these little things in it that come up later, like the fancy Dan, the check off fancy Dan. <laughs> yeah, the I, which I don't know. I don't know baseball. Is that a common term? Fancy Dan? No, no. I, I mean, it may have so. been. It may have been. You know, back in the teens or whatever, but. Right. Cisco, when he's given his coach speech. There is more to baseball than physical strength. It's a... It's about courage. It's about courage. It's about faith. And it's also about faith. And, it, and it's about heart. And it is also about heart. Because you got faith. Sorry. Never gonna put it in I've got faith. Sorry. Well, probably working on that at this point. It was yeah, in the right. early stages, probably. Yeah. Brooks, I, I can't say again how much I loved him, just like how much fun he was having, like yelling baseball now stuff. I, I do like him. In simple. You throw the ball, you catch the ball, you hit the ball. But yeah, so I mean, I think that's that most easy. of the little details. Game. Anything else? Um, why Cork wanted to join it all was a little bit like that was the one bit of framing, and it's like, oh, well. Quark just is up for anything nowadays. But you know, anything to fine. get into the story. Yeah, right. He was like, <laughs> he was like, I don't care about that human shit. And then they're like, Oh, you suck, brother. Like, okay, I, I care about it now. It's like, all right, fine. Oh, the Federation has an anthem. Apparently, that's weird, and it's boring as hell that they all hold their. I guess it was the Federation anthem. Oh yes, this is the only time that that's ever been played too. Yeah, because according sucks. to Memory Alpha, <laughs> right. I'm surprised that they didn't also let the Vulcans salute their own flag too and play their own national. Oh uh, right, right. And Worf's death to the opposition. Death to the opposition was pretty great too. Like as shenanigans wise, I don't know. I had the most fun in this episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is better than the magnificent. This is better than a Ferengi episode, which is what all the shenanigans, most of the shenanigans episodes were. Yeah. Manufactured triumph. Manufactured triumph. Here, here, I like the manufactured triumph. Like, yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. That 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 made my day at the end of the episode. But but. But results vary. <laughs> All right. Well, where are we going to put it on the rewatch meter? Um, I'm going to put this at a nine because if among shenanigans episodes, it's my favorite. I watched it twice tonight. Like I watched it once for fun and then I was like, fuck it. And then I watched it again for notes and I had, I've never done it one right after immediately after watching it. But I wanted to enjoy it and I enjoyed it both times. Even it didn't get tedious for me. James? I will give it a, I don't know, most of it I had a good time with, so I, I'd give it a seven. Seven. Yeah, I'll probably put it at about a five. All right. 
James is seven, and I'm at a five. There's a fifty-fifty chance that I watch it again. Yeah. Uh huh. It, it is. I mean, that's been a sort of a reoccurring. There's this reoccurring problem we we've, we've gotten. I know we've gotten several calls on our call-in stuff about the reflection of these alien races in the show and the racial parallels in you know in real life, and. So I think that, that that seems to be the, you know, if they, they probably didn't know that at the time that it would be such a sticking point to where we are now. But, I mean, it is sort of that's come up. Like, it's, you know, in some ways, a revisit to this naturally makes you have to sort of think about these things on racial lines, uh, just where we're at in this country. Right. And so that seems like it's come up a lot. We've talked about it a lot on this show. And I think that this continues to be a thing where it probably wasn't, you know, necessarily, I wouldn't call it a blind spot then, just probably that the culture has now gotten to a point where these things are looked at a lot harder yeah, and seem to mean a lot more and reverberate a lot more. I think it's a problem when, if an alien is a specific analog to a specific race, that is a big problem. Like, we all learned that from uh, the Star Wars prequels anyways. But if it's an alien, like the Vulcans aren't analogous to any specific human race. They're aliens. Yeah, so they, don't, when, they don't have to be. They don't have to be. They shouldn't be. Like, applicability, st- I mean, I, I mean, I think that you're, are, you're trying to limit down the applicability I am. to how someone might see it. And I just, I mean, that might work for you, but I, I don't know if that's, that can be expected across the board. I, I think it can if they're not. Have we, if, ever, have we ever coined the phrase, has anybody ever coined the phrase ethnoship before tonight? <laughs> Probably not. Maybe, maybe not. That's our contribution to science fiction, isn't it? Does the Daily Stormer have a podcast, a Star Trek podcast? I mean, that's my my whole thing that I've harped on from the beginning of this podcast is that aliens need to be aliens. If they're not, they should not be analogous to humans. They should be different somehow. That's good. Like, that's like the Jewish thing with the Ferengis is a little sticky. I don't, it can be, and that's worth looking into. But like the Vulcans aren't like, there's no, there's, I don't see anything there. Like, and they should be. Different. I guess I'm saying that the Vulcans, by existing, isn't racist, but putting them in situations can bring up the same situations that we have when we talk about race and Earth. Right. Yeah. And when they strike the ear to people who are attuned to hear it, familiar, then that becomes the problem. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that it's a problem. To watch that show now and that be in there, I think it yeah. is. If you... it, it was, it wasn't even a problem as much as it was like a, a sticky, weird thing that stuck that out. That creates that changes the sort of the tone, like what the ending could mean if you wanted to view it a certain. It's way. like going for a walk with a with a rock in your shoe. I'm gonna finish the walk. And obviously, you're arguing. I think you can see it that way, but that doesn't mean. And that's what we're arguing. They're still wrong. I don't. I mean, yeah. I guess this is. We're arguing that you can see it that way. But just because you can doesn't mean that it is that and it's not it's I mean, I, I, I actually do see what your argument is here. I just don't totally agree with it for aliens like they're still aliens. And just the fact that you can like a racist could make that same extrapolation that mm-hmm. racist is still wrong. And that's not that the writers. So are. when does when do analogies, you know, and allegories start and stop in science fiction? Well, that's yeah. what I'm. That's that was my point. I was just making when the races. If we're not doing it, when they're specifically analogous to a. But you're limiting it to only if an alien race is a stereotype of a human race. 
And I'm saying that just by uh, the concept of how you deal with racial and with uh, species integration and these kinds of things on that show naturally harken to how we talk about racial integration in society now. I know. You can't, it's not, the Vulcans aren't racist, but they can be used in situations that that make a a story with racial, racist elements. And and I, I, I just said, I see where you're coming from. I just don't agree. I just don't agree that just because someone can make that argument, I don't agree that it's racist. Yeah. That wasn't the case here. It was just a weird, it was just weird for what they were trying to do with the themes. It was clumsy. It mm-hmm. wasn't like we're not calling the episode racist. Yeah, I know. I'm I know. Just yeah. Saying yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was. It was clumsy with its themes. Right. Is, is kind of right. what I'm and saying. And I and I see the argument you're making for why. I'm just. I'm telling you, I don't agree. And if it didn't jump out at people, I'm not. I'm not blaming you. I'm. You know. I don't. I'm not surprised it didn't jump out at, at folks. Yeah. It was like. I, like I said, it was like a little rock in my shoe, something that nagged at me. You know. Right. Yeah, and it was capped. It was capped off by the sort of diversity message at the at the end. And yeah, but that, yes, but yeah. but the, that message at the end was about emotionalism and not yes. Like, but it's, again, because you're limiting its applicability to meaning. I'm not. I'm limiting it. If it I'm made saying, it personal, I'm saying people can extrapolate and make racist connotations for it. That doesn't mean that the story is wrong to do that. It means those people are making bad extrapolations off of it. I mean, and, and like I said, I agree what you're saying. I just don't agree with you. Well, I'm not, we should probably, we should probably outro this. I'm arguing could, that it can be read that way. I, I know, I know. And I'm agreeing it can and be read And you're saying that I'm wrong? Well, then, then who's wrong? I'm saying... That I just don't agree with you that it's wrong to have that kind of element in the story because people can make those extrapolations. But that's just a, I mean, like I said. But like, does that hurt or hinder? I mean, if do you, I mean, you say that, I don't know. My, my don't point know. isn't that you're wrong. It's yeah, you're saying that if they, re, if they wrote this episode today, they should still keep the Vulcan and ethno ship? Yeah, because it's, I wouldn't have a, I don't have a problem with it today. Should they still win the baseball game? They should not win the baseball the Vulcans should win the baseball game. That's fine. Yeah. So, like, I, like, so you, so an ethno state is stronger than a than no, a diverse because I I disagree physically on, stronger. I disagree on first principles that saying aliens are stronger is a one to one ratio to argue that black people or that racism. But is we're arguing that the alien races are physically stronger is arguing that alien races are physically stronger, right? Right, but I, my my argument is that that uh, that is not analogous to human races. So even if someone can make can, that can humans and can humans and Vulcans breed again? It's science fiction, man. So they like, can. So they can. Yes. Don't. But I'm not. I'm not. That's a sticky wicket to get into species and races. And so do we think that then are the Vulcans stronger if they interbreed? Or weaker. They might be. Phys- they get. There's. There's. So by marring their blood. I'm not talking cool about their alien DNA. They are. I'm just saying it's analogous. I'm just saying it's analogous. Yeah, and I'm saying that getting the emotionalism and diversity of a human might be a boon to Vulcans. So there is a benefit universally, it, but not physically. I don't. I'm saying that everybody has different strengths man don't turn this into a some are physical and some are not like i said don't i don't believe i'm not making a bell curve argument here. i'm saying <laughs> we should... the facts of this fictional universe and i'm saying you are i know what you're saying i'm saying but i'm saying <laughs> it's a fictional universe you can't make these one-to-one uh, analogies because it doesn't fit okay, that way we got yeah, we, we gotta, gotta get out of here. yeah yeah we, and I, we like i said i agree i see where you're how you're coming to this, I just don't agree with you. And there's a you. small victory. You guys yeah. should definitely hash this out. <laughs> okay. Okay.
if people want to give I'm, us I'm money, trying to agree to disagree because I know we're not going to come to hear more of this fiasco, <laughs> you should you should do what? Okay. If you want to give us money. Wait, what do we think the people rated this? Oh, yes. Yes. What do you think the people of IMDb rate this? <laughs> I'm going to say they give it an 8. I'm going to say an 8.2. Probably. And you both are overestimating how much people like this. Really? Episode. Awesome. Uh, there's, space friends aren't really solving any problems together. They're just fucking around in a field. This is 7.5. It's oh, okay. What two more points than last week's After Image. <laughs> Even I think it's better than that. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Hit it, hit it, Wade. All right. So <laughs> um, we have some strong opinions about this episode. If you do, give us a call. At uh, 917-408-3898, or uh, shoot us an email, look us up at kickersofelves.com. If you want to support the show, please do, and get all sorts of extra bonus audio content and whatnot at the Patreon, at patreon.com slash kickersofelves. Do all the stuff that every podcast wants you to do, but do it for us. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us for uh, another episode of the Rules of Acquisition. Please join us next week as we go through another episode of Baseball Free Star Trek <laughs> on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Oh, a sequel we didn't ask for, guys. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Our favorite subgenre. Yes. All right. <laughs> well, uh, for Wade, James, and myself, three to be mouth. This is our best episode <laughs> in years. <laughs>